we're blessed. Well, boys and girls, it's time for Beacot Kids. So why don't you make your way to the back? Miss Deb has something special for you. Let's give those kids a big round of applause as well. And again, I just want to say to everybody, you are all invited to the church picnic. So I hope you'll go. Students, uh, please join us for the picnic. Uh, we'll have plenty of food and uh, that's, that's also a core value at this church, is having plenty of food. And uh, we look forward to uh, having a great time together after church. So if you got to run and change or grab something and then uh, bring it to the park, don't take too long, okay? Because as soon as I see that chicken, <laughs> I'm eating, okay? So... But no, please make sure that you uh, make sure you join us. Even if you could be with us for a short time, it'd be really, really great. All right, do we have our Bibles today? Okay, all right, two. That's awesome. And uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, some of you have it on your device, so I get it. So why don't you turn or click to the book of Jeremiah? The book of Jeremiah. I want to. I'm going to uh, press the pause button a little bit on the current series that we're on. We're doing a, a series called Pray About It, and uh, we're going to pick up with that Lord willing next week. But what I uh, want to do today is spend some time uh, giving what I would call a back-to-school message for all of us, whether we're going back to school or not. Um, I, I've, I've found some things that I think the Lord would really like to would really like to convey and really put it in our hearts today as we look at this next year. That's <laughs> all good. It's all good. So, <laughs> come out of her. And uh, <laughs> it's all good. So I want to share some thoughts with you from the book of Jeremiah. And uh, I think this will be a really, really, um, I think this will be a really, really good time here. And uh, I look forward to this. And so, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 4. And if you're able to, could you stand with me as we read God's word together? All right. There's nothing like losing your notes. And see, it's all pitch black here. So, so that's all right. That's all right. It's all up here, baby. Oh, it just came on. Somebody prayed. Okay. Somebody was like, oh, dear Lord, please get his notes, otherwise we'll be here till two. So, Lord knows what he was doing. Okay, are we there? You ready for this? Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, the word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah saying this. is saying, before I form you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said... I did not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth. And he said to me, I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Let's see what God's back-to-school message might be for all of us here today. So Jesus, we pray that you would touch us as we look at your word. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. 
I pray the truth of what we take a look at here today would just rest in our hearts. And God, that you would just do a lasting work in each and every one of us here today. God, will thank you. We'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, show of hands. How many of you just loved, loved school? Let me see your hands. Wow, that is not a lot of people. Okay. How many of you were glad when it was over? Let me see your Wow. Okay. Okay. 22 years it's taken me this long to kind of find this out. This is pretty exciting. Um, all right. Any, I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, where our folks are at. Anybody, uh, you, were the, you were the math whiz. Okay. Okay. That's me. All right. Yeah. Okay. I was the math guy. Uh, grammar. How, how about like grammar or English? Yeah. I've been called a grammar Nazi before. Okay. Yeah, I know my who and whom and all that other stuff. Science. Who's, who are the science buffs? That subject destroyed my ACT score. I can tell you that right now. Social studies and history. Let's, let's see. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, gym class. Uh, yeah, there we go. And finally, lunch. Let's just see lunch. There we go. Wow. And recess. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now we know what we're dealing with. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I want to throw some I want to throw you some subjects today that I think would be really good for us to embrace as we look at this at this uh, new year, this school year. Uh, it's always interesting because I don't know about you, but my life kind of uh, it kind of does something different right around this time of the year when the, when the school buses are out again and the, and the school zone. Uh, signs are blinking, and I actually have to slow down. And uh, and and then 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 something happens at the new year for me, like when Christmas is over, and uh, and then summer. And so this is kind of one of those moments for me that I'm like, okay, here we go. And uh, uh, I thought I'd share some thoughts with you that I think God would have for each and every one of us that I think we can all embrace, especially. I want to let our students know that this is a message especially for you today and uh, that I want to bless you with. I, I think there's four powerful truths that we can look at from this passage of Scripture that I would like to uh, give you and leave you with today as we enter into this school year. But again, it's not just for our students today. It's for each and every one of us. And uh, I'd, I'd like to give you four truths, four areas, four subjects, whatever you want to call it. I'd like to share those with you here today to, for you to keep in mind throughout this entire school year. I'm going to say that again. I want to give you these, like, for example, okay, I studied trigonometry in, in high school, okay? I'm in the ministry. I haven't touched trig uh, since I graduated high school. I don't even know why I took trigonometry. You don't need trig to be a pastor. In fact, all I count is hands and offerings. That's about all I count, right? right? Uh, but I will tell you that these subjects will not be subjects that you just kind of discard <laughs> later. Uh, let me share them with you here today. Number one, I would invite you to embrace what's called the love of God. The love of God. If there's a theme in my life that I 
love so much, that I appreciate so much, is God's incredible love for me. God's incredible love for humanity. And he demonstrates that in so many different ways. And we actually see that demonstrated in verses 4 and 5 of the text that we just read. Take a look at this. Jeremiah said this, The word of the Lord came to me saying, now check this out, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Why, why do I associate the love of God with that verse? Because I'm convinced that God's love was demonstrated in the way that he created each and every one of us. You know, there is not one person here who is just thrown together by God. And regardless of what anybody in your family might say, you are not an accident. And let me just say that again. You are not an accident. You are not an oops. You, you are not leftover parts that God said, you know, let's just, let's just throw this all together and boom, there they are. And that's, that's not how God made you. And I, he certainly didn't make those sound effects. God, God formed you. You are his masterpiece. He created you, specifically you. And he loved every second of it. Just think if we were all alike. I was going to say, look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad I'm not like you, but that would not be a good thing to say. <laughs> Don't say that. They're still doing it. Look at this. And they're still doing it. Boy. God's love, people. God's love. But he created you the way that you are. Some of you are a little bit more outgoing. Some of you are kind of shy. God created you that way. You have a certain gifting that maybe the person next to you does not have. God created you that way. He gave you uh, the looks, the stature, everything. He gave that to you because he created you specifically that way. I don't know about you, but uh, whenever I create something, I, I, I love to... I'm a creative guy, okay? And so when I create something, I, I take a lot of pride in that, a lot of pride in it. I'm like, oh, yeah. In fact, I will see to it that it's like, this isn't just good, it's real good, okay? That, that's kind of the way I'm wired. Now, multiply that exponentially, and that's how God made you. God made you. Some of you, you learn differently than other people. God made you that way. Some of you are very athletic. Some of you, not so much. God made you that way. Uh, but here's what I want you to grasp and know and hang on to, is that God's love is the most consistent thing that you will ever experience. Hear me. There is nothing that you can do to cause the love of God to decrease. Yeah, but I've been so unfaithful. He still loves you the same. I haven't gotten it right. He still loves you the same. Well, how about that guy? He's terrible. God loves him. Just like he loves you. 
God's love is consistent. But let me flip that over a bit. Some of us think that the more stuff we do, the more God will love us. If I work in the nursery, God will love me more. God certainly loves the preacher more because he preaches. And I just, I just play cornhole. That's all I do. And, 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 and listen, God does not look at your resume and say, Wow, I love her way more because she sings. I love her way more because she teaches. That's not how God works. There's nothing you can do to cause God's love to decrease, but there's nothing you can do to cause it to increase either. And do you want to know why that's good? It's good because you don't have to earn God's love. Let me say that again. You don't have to ever think that you have to earn God's love. He loves you the way you are. He loves you the way you are. And the way that he wants you to change is to become more like him. That's how much he loves you. As you go to the school year, as we go through our lives, may we embrace and always remember the unfailing, incredible love of God. Demonstrated on the cross, demonstrated by how he created us, demonstrated in how he takes care of us today. Secondly, I not only want you to embrace the love of God, I want you to embrace the word of God. The word of God. Take a look at, uh, in fact, let's, let's skip down to verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah says this, Then the Lord reached out his hand, and he touched my mouth, and said to me, I have put my words, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. So here's the deal. God had this huge calling on Jeremiah. Jeremiah probably had no idea what he was getting into. But what was the one thing that God gave him, equipped him with to get the job done? His words. His words. Now, we are in a culture right now that is constantly questioning the word of God. Whether it's authentic or not whether it still applies today or not. Is it obsolete? Is it antiquated? Is it kind of old news? Or is there something about this book that can change lives? You see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You can have all the flash. You can have all the programming that you want to. But what really changes people's lives, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And students, you will be confronted at times this year with opportunities to contradict or even question God's word. Maybe by an individual, maybe in class, maybe by a group of people, maybe just something that you might see online. I will tell you there is nothing that will ever supersede. There is nothing that is greater than the word of God. It's the word of God that has stayed the test of time and is still true today. It is God's word that changes lives. Folks, I have seen people 
caught up in addiction and what changed their lives when they came to, was when they came to grips with what God's word had to say about them. And here's what I want you to know. I think we desperately need to know what God's word says about us. You know, Jesus, when he was talking about the devil, he called him the father of lies. In fact, Jesus even went as far as to say that when the devil speaks, it, his native language is lying. But then we find in the scripture that if we know the truth, then the truth will set us free. And my fear, not just for students, for every believer, in fact, even a person who has yet to give their lives to Christ, my fear is that we have believed the lies so much, we now think that those lies are actually truth. I was told one time that, Phil, what we need to do, we need to inhale the truth and exhale the lies. When we are whispered something in our minds that is contrary to what God's word says about us, we just need to say, no, this is what the word says about me. Maybe I could share a few with uh, you today of what God says about you. You know, in John chapter 1, verse 12, we're told that we are God's children. In John 15, 15, we are called a friend of Jesus. Romans 5.1 says that we've been justified by faith. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, I'm united with the Lord. I am one with him in spirit. A uh, couple verses after that, I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. 1 Corinthians 12 says, I'm a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 8 says, I've been chosen by God. I have been adopted by God as his child. Colossians chapter 1 says, I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven of all of my sins. Colossians 2 says that I am complete in Christ. One more, Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 says that I have direct access to Jesus. That's who you are in the word of God. And don't let the enemy of your soul try to breathe anything that is contrary to what this book has to say about you. Don't believe the lies. Know the truth, because the truth will set you free. There is nothing greater than the Word of God. Our culture will say that right is wrong and wrong is right. We have to stand for truth. We have to be committed to the truth. Can you say amen? Then, number three, this scripture takes an interesting turn. And I would like for you to not only embrace the love of God and the word of God, but I would also ask you to embrace the approval of God. God approves of you. Maybe I could even say it like this. God believes in you. God believes in you. Take a look at verse 6. Jeremiah is kind of questioning this calling that God has for him. He says, The last sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to encourage. I, you must go to everyone and send you to and say whatever 
I command you to do. Please hear me. Regardless of who you are, and regardless of what your background is, God has a specific plan for you. Well, pastor, I'm a mess. How many messes in the house here today? About the same amount of people that like gym class. So (laughs) I think we see a correlation. But a lot of us, you know, because we're a bit of a hot mess, or we've got some baggage, or we're not perfect, or we're not polished as Christians, maybe we're not this, you know, we, we fill in the blank. We think we can't be used by God. Maybe we've really messed up in the past and we think we've somehow disqualified ourselves from ever being used by God. I think the Lord would remind each and every one of us here today that, you know what, I, I could still use you. You belong to me. I believe in you. Think of the people who had excuses for God when God called them. Jeremiah, we just read, thought he was too young. Moses, when God called him to lead the children of Israel, he said, I can't speak. Uh, People thought that David was too small to take down a giant, a war machine, but he did. Paul, (laughs) Paul had a terrible reputation. What's your resume? Well, I imprison and torture and kill Christians. I'd like to speak at your church. (laughs) So he had, and, and what happened? Paul made him the greatest missionary of all time. The one used to author most of the New Testament. He could have said, oh no, God, you don't know what I've done. And, and by the way, God does know what you've done. In fact, he probably knows it better than you do. Oh, God, but I can't do this. And you know, you know what I've learned? In fact, can I share my testimony? It may shock you to know that I used to be incredibly shy. <laughs> Everybody laughs when I say that. <laughs> to speak in front of people scared me to death. In fact, I even had to go through speech therapy because I couldn't talk correctly when I was a kid. And God said, let's make that person a preacher. Really? And I've learned, I've learned that the more I trust God, the greater things I could do for God. See, it's not a matter of our ability as much as it is our availability. I've seen some immensely talented people not make a dent in anything that they claim that they're doing in the kingdom. Why? Because they didn't have the heart. But if somebody will just say, God, I'm available for you to do what you want me to do. Now, I've got these excuses, and God say, no, leave the excuses at the door. I want you. I approve of you. Jeremiah, you're not too young. Moses, you can talk just fine. Paul, we're good. David, you're not too small. Go kill that giant. 
God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And I'm not just talking about your career. I'm not just talking about 10 years from now. I'm talking about right now. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. And he approves of the person that he looks at when he calls you. Last subject I'd like to leave you with today to embrace. We've talked about the love of God, the word of God, the approval of God. But finally, I also want to remind you of the strength of God. I want to remind you of the strength of God. In verse 8, God says, don't be afraid of them. I'm with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Pause there. Don't be afraid. I am with you. In just three months or four months, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. Don't groan, okay? (laughs) It's baby Jesus, for goodness sakes. Baby Jesus. <laughs> I have Scrooge in the audience here today. And, and, and one of the names that he's known as is Emmanuel, which means, literally means God with us. In fact, before Jesus ascended, he gave the great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, But then he gave them this assurance. He said, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Here's what's amazing. We can count on this. And Jesus, when his birth was announced to the time that he ascended, we are assured that he is with us all the time. That's the assurance that he gave Jeremiah. I am with you And we don't have to trust our own strength. We can trust the strength of the Lord. That's why I love the song that the guys did just a little bit ago. You may be weak, but God's spirit can be strong in you. See, I think we need to develop a huge reliance, a total reliance on God. Not our strength. I can tell you, this preacher, he gets weak sometimes. Sometimes there's stuff that goes on that nobody else knows about, but man, it is just, it's taxing. It, 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 it just wear you out mentally, emotionally, maybe even physically. What do you do? Well, I eat my feelings. No, what do you do? Besides eat your feelings. I've had to learn to rely on the strength of God. I've had to rely on the power that God gives me. Paul even said this when he was talking about his thorn. He said, when I'm weak, he is strong. Students, there will be a time this school year that you're going to be weak. Rely on the strength that God gives you. Not your dazzling charisma, not your charming personality, and you probably got both, but rely on God's strength. All of us in here 
Life gets messy sometimes, doesn't it? Things happen. And that's when we need to rely on the strength that the Lord gives us. Jonathan, if you can help me. Now, those of you who are regulars to this service or to this church, you know that I'm known for my alliteration. All the points start with the same letter. And because that didn't happen today, you mentally, emotionally, maybe even spiritually are just derailed today. (laughs) But I gave you these four subjects for us to really embrace at all times. And you say, well, Pastor, how do we remember that? Usually I can walk away with like the three R words or the, or the 17 M words. Those of you who are new, I don't do 17-point sermons. Uh, how, do we, how do we do, how, how do we live this out? How do we remember it? I thought today that maybe we can give you a chance to remember it in kind of a unique way. Maybe you can remember these four truths within the words of a song that maybe all of us have grown up singing since we were young. Jesus loves me, this I know. The love of God. For the Bible tells me so. The Word of God. Little ones to Him belong. The approval of God. They are weak, but He is strong. The strength of God. A song that maybe some of us think is just, oh, it's just some little kid's song. But really, really it's probably one of the more popular songs that we could sing as a prayer. Jesus loves me. This I know, the love of God. I know that he loves me. For the Bible tells me so. I I believe in the word of God. Little ones to him belong. He he approves of me. I I belong to him. And I might be weak, but he's strong. The strength of God. Jesus loves you. His word confirms it. He'll take you as you are, and he'll give you the strength that you need to go through every day, and through all that God has for you. So I want to do something kind of cool today. Uh, Our college students, I said before, we just love you so much. Uh, Could I ask our college students to stand to their feet? Could you stand? Go ahead. We're not going to tase you or anything like that. Or if uh, if you're affiliated with Chi Alpha, go ahead and stand up. 
wow, let's give these, let's give these incredible young people our love. Yeah. I really, I, I, I want to pray for you before we leave this place here today. And we have a, we have a special gift for you uh, as you leave here. Uh, they're all parked out in the parking lot. No, I'm kidding. It's a... Where's mine? It's a new... Yeah, I just fixed yours. But we have a special gift that we'll hand out to you in the lobby as you leave. But uh, I was wondering, students, could, could you come on up here? We've got plenty of room. Again, we're not going to do anything weird to you or anything, but, but can you make your, up, uh, your way up here? And we just want to pray with you and for you. We want you to know we love you. Come on up. What a great looking group of young people. My goodness. I'm so excited for you. Praise God. Hey, church, I wonder if I could ask you to get up from your seats and uh, come on up and, and pray with one of these students here today. Just make your way up. Well, I don't know them. It's okay. Get to know them. Play cornhole with them today. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray that God protects you. We're going to pray that God has his hand on you. We're going to pray that God just meets every need that you have. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Need a few more folks on the right side here. If you all can pray, that'd be great. Awesome. Thank you. Praise God. Would you just begin praying? This is how we're going to close off today. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you for these students. I thank you for these young people. God, your hand's on them. I ask you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would guide them and protect them, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make them strong. God, if temptation makes its way towards them, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to stand. Help them to stand, Lord Jesus. God, I'm asking you that you would give this group the power of your Holy Spirit to shine as a light for you in some very dark places, Lord God. Use them. Use them to touch other people for you, God, I pray. But God, I, I pray for your protection. I pray for you to provide for them. Lord, if there's any of them struggling financially, God, provide miraculously for them, I pray. Jesus, for those who may be overwhelmed with their studies, I ask you, Lord Jesus, God, that you give them favor. Give them favor, Lord God, as they uh, do what you've called them to do. So, God, you will give them the strength. And you'll give them the power, Lord God. You'll give them all they need to glorify you. And Jesus, I pray that you would use us as a church to be a blessing to every one of these students, Lord God. We will pray for them. We will reach out to them. 
God, we will try to meet their needs as much as we can. God, I pray that they would know the love of Jesus Christ in this place like never before. So God, keep your hand upon these students. And Lord, we thank you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray all of this. And the Lord's people said, amen. 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 Yeah, give God praise. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm going to let you go. And uh, if you want to make your way to the picnic, please do so. And students, make sure you get your gift in the lobby. God bless you.